Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the Izanagi's Burden Quest and how people are not happy about the RNG stacked on top of the Time Gate with the Shattered Throne. I did my best to take up for the community and say they should update the quest or at least never do this again. Or if they're going to have an RNG element like with the rare bounties, save it for the very very end. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now, so come on in and join the question and answer. A lot of people have been doing that recently, and we did change the format a little bit because we want to take this content into other games like Division and Anthem, and I want it to be a little bit more accessible to somebody unfamiliar with my content so the gameplay wasn't so small and the screen wasn't so cluttered. Thank you for the good feedback on YouTube and on Twitch, helping me kind of you know, hone and craft this content. You guys are sort of organically a part of it by submitting questions and even more so now by making the content look better uh, and be more visually appealing to people that are new so they can enjoy the content as well. So let's jump in. First question. Uh, Bo Jangles says, I haven't been around in a week or so before yesterday. I didn't know if you talked about it, but your thoughts on the Bungie Activision split, would you mind telling me your thoughts quick? I have an entire video on this, so I'm not going to be exhaustive. I'm going to give you cliff notes. I don't mind doing that in Q&A, just so people can hear my thoughts. Also, there's different things and threads that have happened since then. We had a great Rageous Roundtable. That's a podcast that takes place on Monday nights. If you like Roundtable podcasts, Monday nights at 8.30pm Eastern, uh, right here on the Twitch channel is the Rageous Roundtable, and we did talk about this last night. So for me, this is good news. And the more we've talked about it and the more we've thought about it, the more this is going to probably strike at the heart of one of the frustrations that they have had with Bungie since the beginning, and that has been deadlines. Now, this doesn't mean that from here on out, everything's going to be peaches and roses and perfection. Like, we still have an annual pass that's been probably largely built, as well as a DLC for September that has been in in, in large measure probably already built out and planned and, and sort of structured. So that content may still have that feeling of, man, if they'd have had a little bit longer. But I do think we are going to avoid the dilemmas that we have in the past, which is launch titles that aren't ready. Both Destiny 1 and 2 were not ready for prime time. They didn't have a chance to sort of make Destiny 2 the game that it should have been. Uh, I don't think double primary and static roles would have been in the game if they would have had time to pivot. Uh, They had to know that wasn't going to be an accepted thing, but those things were put into place so early in the development of D2, they, knowing the timeline was was bearing down on them, just thought, we can't can't make these changes. Uh, How quickly they pivoted with Forsaken back to systems that we already liked and things that we were asking for, I don't think that happened by accident. I happen to think there were a lot of internal whisperings and changes happening uh, at Bungie on the game, which is why Forsaken was able to be so strong. So that does mean, though, that deliverables that are large might take longer. It also might mean we don't get large deliverables anymore. You know, introductory annual pass content might be a little bit heavier, but the next annual pass could be the entire Dreadnought DLC that we were supposed to get, and they just broke it up, giving them a little bit more freedom to build the next game. So overall, that's my thoughts. It's it's probably going to be good, not in the immediate future, but in the long term, we'll start to see a better rhythm and a better pattern. As Bungie has said, uh, they are building the game that they think is the best version of Destiny, and the annual pass on top of Forsaken does, I think, really give us that impression that they are 
owning the the drip feed and the content style but also just the content needs a little bit better my lingering hope would be that they would be able to pivot to a new engine and take the time and build the game that we've always wanted so it can have larger worlds, dedicated servers, and better systems, as well as just being more agile for updates and content additions. So the initial delivery could change. It could. Uh, It could change to taking longer and not happening as fast as we all want it. But the net benefit, the long-term benefit, would be a more agile game, more suited for content ads and deliverables to be more substantive. Think of it this way. If Destiny 3 takes longer to land than we were all originally hoping for, if that happens, the benefit could be the future quote-unquote annual passes, the future drip feed content could be significantly more substantive because they put it in an engine that is easier for them to do content delivery and add, you know, additions to. If they continue to use this engine, sure, they could maybe launch Destiny 3 a little bit faster, but then the content ads are always going to be thin and sort of lackluster, which at the time isn't bad because they're, they're doing the best they can, but a pivot to a new engine is the lingering sort of hope that I have. I really want to see them kind of get rid of the old tech, the old dev tools, uh, and the old way of things. Rain Dance, do you have any suggestions on something I can use in my energy slot other than the Escalation Protocol shotgun? Sure, I think trace rifles are awesome. So, in places like this where there's just lots of ads, I actually found the Prometheus lens to be really strong. Uh, I liked the Cold Heart in Niobe Labs because there were so many servitors that increased damage was actually, I found, to be really helpful. The... The ammo economy for trace rifles is really good. One or two green bricks, and you've got a ton of ammo again. So I found them to be great. And the reason you can justify using them now is legendary machine guns are, I think, a strong enough and a versatile enough heavy to justify putting away your Whisper of the Worm, putting away your Sleeper and your 1,000 Voices or your Thunderlord. Now, in places like I am right now, we all know the Whisper is king. So I'm using the Whisper on the Walker in the Fourth Forge, the Ber- the Bergusia Forge. And I, I understand some of me like, well, why wouldn't you use a Trace Rifle? You're saying use a Trace Rifle. Well, I, you don't need to, and I'm actually running a very different loadout. I'm running the Threat Level, and I'm running the Orchid, and it's because I can run the Radiances that give me increased damage in the Forge. Just something to do that's different and have the game feel a little varied and a little changed up. So, you know, you could try and run Scourge and try and get a Threat Level in your Kinetic slot so then you can run Energy Primaries like a orchid or a trust or a nation of beasts you know maybe you have that really really oh that's a gun i forgot all about i have a great pulse rifle from that the horrors least i got the i got the curated horrors least that's a fun pulse rifle um so maybe we should actually switch to that just to really change things up we'll do that later maybe next question Kasan, Kasangyu. Lono, do you think Prince Aldrin is going to be the next Vanguard hunter? It's certainly possible. Uh, he was resurrected by a ghost. So were we. That means he's a guardian. Uh, that leaves potential, right? That does leave potential for them to say, hey, this guy could be the next Vanguard hunter. He could be an NPC. The reason that I would be 100% okay with that, the reason I'd be 100% okay with that is because I think he's a great character. I was actually sad to see him die at the end of the Forsaken DLC. 
I thought he was too good to let go of. I thought he was way too good to let go of that quickly. I thought, man, what a strong character. What a great voice actor uh, to just be like, yep, he's dead. You killed him. Ha ha. We beat Aldrin. Yeah. As mad as we were about Cade, you know, I... I didn't let vengeance blind me, right? It's like, man, what a great character. What a shame to to lose him. So I'd be happy to have him come back and be a major player in the storyline, especially there could be really good interactions with him and his sister and good things could develop from that storyline as well. Another great uh, thread of writing and voice acting and, and character development, I think, in the story has been with uh, his sister. Orboro says, now that Niobe hype has ended, what do you think about the 15th wish? Is it true or just a flop? Greetings from Brazil. I'm not sure what the 15th wish is. Is it the one that we haven't solved yet? I know somebody said that the entire wish wall uh, hasn't been solved or, or, or done yet. So um, I don't actually know what could come of this there could be things that are time gated as well with the wishing with the wish wall i mean we don't know there's things that we're not even sure are done or have happened yet with the forges based off of uh just some of the screenshots we've seen there could be things that you know haven't happened yet that could there could be new weapon pursuits i think there's going to be new radiances this week at reset so once reset hits we're going to go check ada's uh ada's inventory just to see if there's new radiances to buy um, because I, I happen to think that's something that they're going to add, like different bonuses you can add to the gun, because why would there be a currency that you could save up and use uh, to buy Radiance if it was always the same? Why wouldn't the Radiance just drop, right? So, and, uh, and when we finish this forge, that'll be about five minutes, we'll go to the tower. Specky99, do you feel after the massive grind that the burden is worth worth all that? I mean... I, it's a definitely a cool gun. I think PvP players that like to snipe are gonna like it. Or if you like to do, you know, invasion prevention in Gambit, my only thought is, it, being an exotic makes it to where I don't know if people are really gonna put down their Queen Breaker in Gambit. I don't know what exotics dominate the Crucible, um, so I could see it being being something that is primarily in crucible and i think t-funk is good to sort of put in a quotation massive grind i mean if you get the rare drop it's not a massive grind i think that may be why they're saying that right if you're grinding like crazy each week to get the stupid drops then it might feel like a massive grind it, it, it's only four steps but one of those steps can take quite a while and then if you don't get to do shattered throne that really extends your quest beyond just you know a couple of days or a day um it it takes it pretty far out there and that's one of the problems right like is is the is the hand i'm sorry hand cannon is the sniper even really that good um i would wager to say it's good but i just i don't know if it's that good you know it's not it's not bad at least at least it's not a bad exotic at least it has some purpose uh and some context in which it's really really strong um, so that's 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 in its corner, but the quest in and of itself just feels very flawed. Estimated profit uh, says, um, having gotten the Izanagi's burning sniper this weekend, I was wondering what you truly think about the gun, other than the Niobe Labs mission that is necessary for it. Um, it seems like it will be spending its life in the vault. Maybe the initial version could have been a key for a mission uh, for a final gun. 
uh, and been a bit better. I mean, thoughts. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it, if it's as bad as or as ho hum as you're saying. It does seem like I don't know. It seems a little gimmicky. I said that. I said, you know, it, it didn't seem like something that a lot of people were going to use. And as I said, if you're trying to use it in Gambit, I mean, Queen Breakers is probably going to be what most people would gravitate toward. And if you're not playing Gambit, you're playing PvP how often are you really, really going to get the benefits from it? You know, so this could be a matter of preference as well. Uh, There's just people that grab a gun like that and really fall in love with it, even though it may not be the best choice. So Um, Chevy is saying in chat, and we know his authority is is sound from redeem here three people can insta kill every strike boss if you have the four times bullet yeah that's something to consider uh you could or you could definitely do some orchestrated dps bakes with it um that might be fun not necessarily wanting i don't know if you want to run a whole strike with it right and then that's that's what you have to go with right but it could be fun it could be something that's pretty 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 strong but given burns and heavyweight and everything else, again, legendary machine guns are opening things up to allow something like this to be a possibility, uh, and that is something to consider. Uh, and that's another reason why we need strong legendary heavies, so that you can make those builds that are fun, or you know, make those builds that are a little bit different um, than what we're you know what we're traditionally running, because most people just kind of run the same thing uh, virtually everywhere, and then that not then a lot of that has to do with the exotics and the legendary uh legendary heavy weapons the hammer of god do you think we have a better shot at getting crossplay cross save now that activision is gone or is bungie uh dated tech the problem here i don't see how bungie's tech could be limiting them saying you know xbox pings the the bungie servers and pulls your loadout down they allow APIs to interact with their... They allow APIs to interact with Bungie.net so you can move your loot around. So I don't see why Sony and Xbox and everything else could could allow you to do that. Pull everything down from the Bungie.net servers. Here's your loot. Go. Right? And then what about PS4 exclusives? Again, you know, you just... You wouldn't allow those to be visible on the database. There would be nothing for that database to plug into. It would say, well, sure, they have the wave splitter, but there is no wave splitter on the Xbox One. It would just be grayed out. Or maybe it wouldn't even show up. You know, I don't know. There's... I think there's ways to do it. Um, I'm not worried about the exclusives. But I I don't know. I think cross-save's easier than cross-play, right? So seeing Epic kind of hop on the announcement gives me excitement because it could be like hey you know what you know you can you can you they're going to use maybe the epic launcher maybe they pivot to the unreal engine and the epic launcher has crossplay built right into it and i mean we can play right now fortnite with a cell phone a pc and xbox all together uh and a ps4 one from every console you know that's pretty freaking dope so i i would wager to say that cross save is is possible not not even because of what we know about tech or Activision or any of that. I think it's probably possible because they basically do everything right now with Bungie.net servers. I don't know if that had anything to do with Activision. Sony exclusivity and Sony's deal 
is is going to be playing a part here still and we don't know how long that lasts we don't know if activision was the driver behind that bungie may say we didn't like doing that we didn't like having the exclusivities with sony we'd like to expand right we know that you know phil spencer hasn't been a fan of exclusivity and he's a big fan of the franchise and he commented on the tweet so we'll see right we'll see project white light as someone who hasn't done the quest yet on a scale of 1 to 10 how hard or long is the mission it's good it's a solid amount of activities right um it's a solid amount of activities but the rng is the big problem okay so now eugene is saying i would wager to say exclusive increase they need more funding now I thought that too. What if Xbox and Sony start paying for their own exclusive things? So they get the wave splitter and we get something else and they call it something different. Uh, you know, Bungie could really, you know, play the divorced parents against each other here, right? That analogy doesn't work that well because they just divorced from Activision, but they could play Sony and Xbox kind of against each other and get double the presents for Christmas. So, and then they'd get the money from the exclusivity and then there'd be like a reason you know, to play on both systems that is that is unique. Um, did we get everything to roll over? No, I, mine hasn't updated yet. I still have the Corrupted Pyramidian and Will of the Thousands. Maybe I need to actually just go to Orbit. I don't think I've gotten the update. I don't think I've gotten the reset. Uh, next question. Iron, there it goes. Iron Banner is here. Now we'll go back into the tower. Let's see what the Nightfalls are. Uh, the corrupted, the pyramid, and the wheel of the thousands. Why didn't that change? Let me let me try. Let me tr- let me let me let me let me change characters. I, it didn't seem to it didn't seem to change the nightfalls. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and come back in. Nightfalls take about 15 minutes to roll over. I don't. I think I've got a reinstance. Um. One Lonely Wolf, regarding the Shattered Throne part of the quest, do you think they can change it to being available every week? I don't think they're going to want to do that. Yeah, I don't know. The Nightfalls are stuck, and people are saying it takes 15 minutes. Let me just go to the tower, because her milestone updated. Um, uh, I don't think they can, or I don't think they honestly want to. You don't want to change the rhythm. I think the rhythm for the, the Dreaming City is good, and that would be... Uh, that would be a pretty big change, you know, to suddenly have the Shattered Throne available each week. I also don't know if that's the right decision. You don't create a problem and then solve it by diluting other content, right? Isn't Shattered Throne's rhythm and lack of availability a cool thing? Like, right? I think it's a cool thing. I don't know if you want to take that away because of this quest. Uh, Rusty022. I like to see the intention of weapon grind and black armory, but I'd love the same thing in Gambit Dreaming City Strikes. Do you think Bungie should develop these systems uh, of all content or just the newest content? I have said many times in my talks and my Q&A, and you may have just not have seen it, I've said this many, many times. I've said this many, many times. To take the bounty system from Ada and put it into all the other guys so you have intentional chase uh, and intentional pursuits. So... Uh, I was wrong. Increased damage during force ignition, uh, during uh, forge ignitions. So the, the obsidian radiance is the same. Um, and her frames have changed, though. So her frames are: we have machine gun, sword, and pulse rifle. So we're gonna go for machine gun. Um, that is one that uh, 
we could actually get a good roll on. We have a god roll pulse. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to wait on that. Oh, we got a rampage spec good. I'm going to wait on that. Because that that still could change. I don't need any right now. Next question from Nova Hands. Hey Lono, what do you think about their decision to filter players through end game content to complete the quest? Ah, it's end game edition. I think that's fine. We need to remember what the annual pass is. It is adding to the end game. So this is one of the things. This is one of the things that I think people uh, have missed. Okay, I think people have missed the fact that they're adding to the end game, right? And in adding to the end game, there is there is going to be things that then kite you through the end game. So I don't know if if everybody's expectation is that they're going to be adding to the end game by adding non-end game content or adding adding to the end game by adding content that is garden variety. I understand how people didn't like them. You know, they locked the forge, uh, but they were like, well, no, we just need to get access to it right now. Again, my pushback on that was, what, what was what was another day? And I know people are like, oh, well, it wasn't the community. It was just you guys on stream and just the people on Reddit. And I'm like, okay, but that's still members of the community that are enjoying something. So, I mean, obviously going forward, we have said that they should just not do that. They should just not, um, you know... They, they, they should not be putting people, you know, content behind stuff just so people can't complain. And then that way it could just be something fun for the rest of us to do with, you know, cool stuff, you know, going on uh, in the background. So I need to do Berguzia and Valunder. So we'll do Valunder first um, and then Berguzia. And then that'll charge us and get us a ballistics log. Nubok, what do you think they'll give us in Joker's Wild in replacement for a raid? A different six-man activity? Um... Didn't did they say did they say there's going to be a new six man activity? I thought they did at some point somewhere on the the map. I thought there was something that said new six man activity. I don't actually know if uh, if that's going if that if that is in is in uh, Joker's Wild though. I can't. I honestly can't. I can't remember. I I uh, I cannot remember where it is and my children are dragging things across the floor people tell me not to apologize for the children and the noise but I'm going to anywhere I'm sorry it's pretty loud we don't like that coming through on uh, the podcast so sorry about that we want it to sound good and we want all people to like think it sounds uh, bad or disruptive so it won't last too long my wife's very very good to ask them uh, to stop so Penumbra has the new six man activity okay well that's interesting because Penumbra gets a raid as well so I'm curious to see what they do in, in, in Joker's Wild we have been told we have been told by Cosmo that it's not all Gambit so we'll have to wait and see Grizzly what's the benefit of time gated quests Okay, this is a really good question because this gets at the heart. This gets at the heart of what we're talking about, right? We are we are talking about a quest that you're supposed to just go through and do the different parts. Why time gated? And and why arbitrarily time gated? If I had a rare bounty, which people people actually went and data mined and told me, Lono, don't uh don't don't get rid of your rare bounty. Don't do your rare bounty. Hold on to it. Okay. So I did. I wasn't planning on doing it, but you know, I was like, oh, good. Thanks for the thanks for the tip. Well, that that information made it to where it wasn't time gated for me, right? 
Now, if they want to do quest lines where they're like, come back next week and talk to Banshee or whoever, that doesn't bother me. Because that's just a reason to do your weeklies. That's a reason to come back and check with the you know the NPCs every week. That's not a problem because everybody's kind of moving at the same pace. So time-gated quests are okay if they're done in a way where where nobody you know nobody's getting left behind you know arbitrarily. Look at that snag. That was nice. Um, for those of you listening and can't see, I my the edge of my sparrow caught a ledge and kept going. It was pretty cool looking, especially because it's the sparrow with the the ball on the front and the back. It looks like a microphone. So time gated quest, the benefit is is extends the playtime. Um, but the benefit, I don't think the benefit works if it's arbitrary or RNG based. Uh, Sasquatch, should Bungie just allow us to masterwork exotics if catalysts aren't coming any time soon? I don't know what the masterworking would do though, right? Are you wanting to masterwork and get attributes or are you just like me and your OCD and you want the stupid yellow line to be around it? Right? <laughs> um, you know, I wh- where are you on the where are you on the spectrum? <laughs> I want the yellow line. That drives me crazy, right? Like, I was like put the yellow line around all the thing. Um, oh, orbs. I'm sorry. I always forget about orbs. Yeah, yeah. That I, I didn't even consider that. That's definitely that's definitely something that we would we would probably want to see uh, come to exotics so they could generate the orbs. Because um, as it stands right now, it, it does it does seem to be you know a little. It does seem to be pretty disappointing that uh, the, the the some exotics are just kind of left in limbo, especially if the catalyst was you know, during faction rally and you didn't get it. And now like, you're just sort of like, I can't even pursue the catalyst. You know, it was fun when I got the, the cold heart catalyst from the strike. I don't know why they didn't just put them all on the strike playlist. I was running so many strikes the one week. I don't know what we were doing. Um, we were running a lot of strikes for something and I got, I kept getting, Oh, we were farming for a warden's law and I got so many catalysts doing that because they were dropping from the, uh, from the knife, from the nightfall. Forget the orbs. I want the yellow line. See, that's a man who understands this game. You know, that the yellow line matters more than the orbs, folks. Like, come on, get with the times here. Uh, I hunt you says, would you be willing to pay to have D1 merge with D2 uh, on PC or the other platforms to be able to play all of Destiny content in one game? I know it wouldn't happen, but. Uh, if we could. Well, I saw something in chat last night during the Rageless Roundtable that kind of broke my heart a little bit, and I hope it's not true, but apparently they were talking on DCP, and it's really, and th- th- we have some authority here, right? Patrick uh, Holtzman was working for Bungie for a time, and apparently it's really hard to add D1 content into D2. Uh, and that makes me sad inside, because I was thinking that the annual pass that we would get at the end of this year would be one where they would dial in a lot of that old content, a lot of the old raids. Uh, And the reason for that is that would make the next annual pass more substantive, but would require less development time. A lot of the content's already built out. Um, So that makes me sad. That makes me sad, and I hope Patrick was either mistaken or Bungie has a breakthrough and figures out a way to do it, or Bungie says, it's worth it, just put the raids in the infinite forest. Like, maybe they could do just that instead of the locations. Like, I don't know. Um, Patrick's Patrick's a pretty smart guy, though, so it's unlikely he's, like, mistaken. It probably is true that the updates they brought to the engine make it tough to bring that stuff forward. So, I'd be willing to pay for it, though. 
Big O2214, what are your thoughts on how we acquire the other two Black Armory exotics? Do you think it should have been a quest line? Uh, I like Jotun being random. I think I think the Monarch being random, I think those are good. I, I, it being tied to the powerful frame, I think is a little disappointing. Like, maybe powerful frame has like a really good drop rate, but if you manage to not get one, there could be a static, you know, kind of not so great drop rate for... Uh, just running the forge as normal that I think could have been uh, a good move so then you could just grind like crazy and still have those chances to uh, to get it past it because I mean the way people are grinding that'd be pretty exciting to be grinding for the role that you want on, a, on an orchid or something and then you get you get the 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 Jotun to drop. I mean, I don't know. That'd be pretty awesome. And that's just another way I I, I don't know if exotics are gonna be dropping, I don't like limiting that and saying well it'll only drop on a powerful frame right exotics are already kind of a a a frustration for the community uh for the lack of them dropping and having six chances a week for the jotun i'm okay with it either way like do it this way or that way do it this way where every week you don't get one your chances go up since there's only six chances um or or just have the drop rate static for non-powerful frames and have it be pretty low. I'd be okay with either of those pivots and adjustments because in my mind, you're, it, I don't know, you want people playing. And if, and if you're going for the Jotun and that's really all the only thing you're kind of hoping to get right now, I just don't like when the content becomes irrelevant to you that fast. You know, you do, and, and it's not that fast, honestly, because you do, you do three powerful frames and then you have to wait because uh, you can't do that. You can't do two powerful frames on each character the first day because you have to do um, the week-long bounty or the bounty that can't be done in one day because you got to do seven. Um, you know, and that that drags it out a little bit. And it's I guess slightly organic. It feels a little forced. Um, but at least you know, at least it's. Uh, at least we know where it drops and when it drops so we can stop and then you you know you do your six chances uh throughout that week and then you're you know you're done that's the only thing i don't like about it you know i like i like the pursuit of loot and i think oh i thought i shot him in time i like the pursuit of loot and i feel like when you tell people no more chances this week go away I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the right approach, right? I think there's better ways to drag the content out, right? Um, Nightbot's not replying to you, uh, Chevy. I love you, but you're right in War and Peace, and I think Nightbot's saying no. I'm not seeing Nightbot responding. Um, oh no, Nightbot did respond. I'm done. I'm dumb. You're good. You're good, Chevy. I can't see. I'm blind. Uh, so, next question. Hellstorm720, do you think that Bungie should have released Niobe Labs on week two of the curse rotation to allow one week to complete and get a rare bounty for the following week? Yeah, I mean, timing here does seem a little silly. Maybe that was just a mistake. Maybe the timing with, you know, maybe the timing with it wasn't intentional, right? It's entirely possible that that's, that wasn't something they did on purpose, right? They could have been saying, let's add this great quest, let's do this thing, and then for whatever reason, someone's like, yeah, let's make it require Shattered Throne, and they didn't realize that you were going to accidentally make things really bad for people, so... 
Uh, Dristis. Uh, just bought the DLCs. Am I too late for the hype? No, I don't think so. I think now's a great time to play, and I'll tell you why. They've made leveling so much better. So you get to enjoy a ridiculous amount of grind, leveling, loot pursuit. You get to experience this, all the subclasses as you level up. By the time you even get to the point where you're kind of like at that quote-unquote endgame, I mean, dude, you are... Uh, you're you're in you're in really really good shape. I I would I would I would say so. So, Graybush, do you think Bungie should have included matchmaking in the strikes for these quests? As a solo player, I've yet to unlock Izanagi Forge due to running the strike solo. That's another piece. Oh, I left this out of my talk. I should have talked about that. Yeah, Nightfall level quests like that with no matchmaking. I don't understand the thought process. Um, Nightfalls in general need matchmaking because if you're wanting to grind for, you know, what do we got this week? Did it finally update for me? Uh, we got Insight Tournaments, Lake of Shadows, and Exodus Crash. I don't actually know if any of those have uh, anything worth chasing, but if, if you're wanting to chase something this week, y- you know, without matchmaking, that is, uh, that's frustrating. You know, you either got to run it solo or try to find buds or try to like harass people in the tower. They have a guided mode though. I mean, why though? I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I put my, uh, I plant my flag on that and say, no, get it out of guided and just add matchmaking. Nightfalls are not that dadgum hard. Um, you could even have people basically just understand that, you know, the person with the card, the person that's hosting sets the card, right? That would probably be the only reason they haven't done it yet is because they're worried about people, you know, going in and not being prepared for whatever challenge card is on there or just make matchmaking disable the card. So if somebody's wanting to go for a high score, you're like, hey, do you mind we back out and and don't use matchmaking and add each other as friends and then we can try and do the card, uh, you know, for the for the hundred K make the card, make the card favorable to us. You know, I, I understand that aspect of it. And that might be that might be something that's just not in the cards right now. Bungie might not be able to say, okay, matchmaking disables the card, but you know. Uh Intrix says, does the datapad quest actually have a hidden reward aside from the emblem? Some people are saying it increases obsidian drop chance. Uh what oh like do you think having the the emblem on increases the drop chance of obs- of those things. I actually don't know. I haven't even paid attention. Um, I haven't really been wanting for those. I had four or five in my inventory today, and I have a couple of them that I've already spent and gotten the the radiances for. So I'm actually I'm actually not sure. I've not heard anything about this. Rain the dark. I remember back when sep uh, when sleeper sim was time gated in the Taken King and became. Uh, it was being excited when it was live. You think time gating exotics in general is a good thing, or should just exotics and their quests be available to do all from the start? I think it's okay for Bungie to say that every quest is a little different, and there are some quests that are time gated, and there are some that are not. I don't think people are frustrated with Izanagi's Burden Quest because of time gating. It's because of the time gating on Shattered Throne being behind the RNG. If you just reverse the order, it wouldn't be that bad. They could get Shattered Throne out of the way and then be like, okay, well, I'm stuck until I get a frame or, or a bounty drop. But once the bounty drops, I'm good. I can complete the quest. 
they're stuck at step two, basically. Like, they don't get the bounty, and after that, Shattered Throne, and then after that, they gotta wait the weeks for Shattered Throne to line up. You see what I'm saying? Those two combining is the problem. It's not the time-gating. It's not the time-gating. Flipping, flipping the order of the quest would be freaking beautiful, but it's too late for that. We reset just happened. So, that's unfortunate for those that, you know, that weren't able to get it. Um, you know. Uh, Dark Skills says, when do you predict Bungie will announce the removal of cores from Infusion? It's gonna, I mean, it's gonna have to be soon. I, I know, th- they've gotta be doing it. The response has been almost unanimous from the, from the, from the player base. If even someone like Datto, you know, changes his position on it, he's a more hardcore player, he, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a grinder, and he's been around since the beginning, and he's got big reach and big influence, even he's changed his position on Enhancement Cores being an Infusion, it's not achieving anything. It just isn't. You're just frustrating the the choices of the players. They're leveling up at the same speed. Like I was glad to say hear that he basically said what I've been saying for months. It's like I doubt he even knows that I said that. I think he's just coming to the realization that so many people have come to that this is not slowing anybody down. All you're doing is is making it so I can't use the loot I want in a loot based game, right? And telling people how to play and how to get how to get you know you know enhancement cores and when to infuse and when not to infuse we don't need to be told how to play that's silly right like i don't think that's the i don't think that's the proper response and the people that responded that way i just think are disconnected from the community when you tell people how to play like i i just don't think you're in touch with the way the community plays and what the community wants you know i think people's voices to represent the community get less powerful when their answer to different feedback is play differently You know, like, why not make accommodations so that all the different ways people play can land on the game, right? Like, adding matchmaking to Nightfalls. Like, that's not going to hurt anybody. You know, it ain't going to hurt you if you have people to play with. So make allowances for those people. Now, when it comes to, like, should the 1K voices only be in the raid, that's a different subject entirely. That's not the same. I don't have to tell you how to play. If you're like, I want the 1K voices, I think it's okay for me to say, yeah, and that's a raid weapon. That's a piece of raid gear. You got to play the raid to get it. That's not the same as saying, I would like to do basic daily activities and use the gear that I want. I would like to infuse this gear and me telling you, no, you need to make different choices or you need to play different activities to get in enhancement cores I, I think that's in a different category and is unnecessary uh dresper dresper says how would you compare the black spindle quest versus uh the izanagi i don't remember the black oh the black spindle quest the secret quest right that was actually really hard at the time uh that fight was brutal i mean that, that was a tough fight um i think that there there are ways to do quests that are creative and there are times where you do quests that are just sort of linear and nothing spectacular happens, right? Nothing spectacular happens when you're working on Izanagi, and that's fine. I, 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 don't, I don't think we always have to have this amazing mystery. Now, if you're talking about the Whisper instead of the Spindle, again, very challenging and a bit of a mystery, and it was pretty awesome, right? Even if you weren't there day one to solve it and figure it out, that was pretty cool the way all that played out. Um, but I will say, I will say that there's room for both. The issue with Izanagi is not that it's 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 not creative or it's boring. The issue with the Izanagi quest is RNG on top of time gated is is leaving people pretty salty. 
and I think it's justified salt. You know, I think it's totally justified salt, and there needs to be adjustments to quests like this in the future. Um, so, yeah, Cabal again. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. That was true. That combines time gated and uh, that combines time gated as well as uh, as RNG. But so, that that was different though. That was like a broken instance. I, that wasn't right. I that, I felt like they did that crap on purpose. Um, train. Did Bungie come out and say you can craft any weapon frame from the last forge? I hear that uh, from you directly, but want to know if it wasn't posted. Oh, did they say it? I don't know if they officially announced it. I think people just figured it out. Um, I, you know, people were just like, "Hey, I can do any forge here or any frame here." I don't know if they officially said that. I don't know. We'd have to get you know some maybe some confirmation from chat. I don't know if that was in any blogs or tweets. I don't think it was. Oh, I'm seeing somebody in chat saying they did say that. Okay, well, I I never saw it. So, um, we I think at one point we even predicted we're like maybe in the final forge. I said no. I said something different. I said, what if when the final forge comes, she has every frame available? We got a little bit of a different version of that. Is you can just do any frame here uh, that you want. You know, so they did when you signed in. Okay. Uh, Cyclone, do you think Iron Banner is worth it if you're already 650? Iron Banner is worth Iron Banner is worth it if you want the gear or you enjoy PvP. If you don't want the gear and you don't enjoy PvP, then stay the frick out of there. I wouldn't play it. It like why put yourself through that? I mean, why would you play it if you don't want the gear or you don't like PvP, right? I mean, what would be the point? I shot his freaking leg and I got an immune. Dang it. This guy's on it with the shield though. This guy's on it with the shield. This is nice. This is a nice little this little hidey hole that we got up here to shoot from. Oh boy. Well, the fun has ended. Uh, Curzo Mage, regarding removal of Masterwork Hordes from Infusion, my own opinion is that adding more ways to gain them would be a better solution than removal of the requirements. Your thoughts on the matter? I believe this is a false pivot because I think the best thing to do is leave them as they are and make it costly to use them to enhance perks since they're called enhancement cores that makes more sense to me and their their presence in the game i think their presence in the game is fine right it's it's a it's a trickled grind you got to do spider stuff get spider frag ghost fragments then you buy them from spider then you go after them right if you want them they're there they're meant to be for the capstoning of an item if you make them more accessible, this is what you're doing. This is the dissonance in the game that I pointed out as soon as we realized this was the case and people were complaining about it. I pointed out this dissonance, okay? I said, you have something that happens in great occurrence, in fusion, right? It's daily. Probably happening even more now that you're getting bigger jumps, more primes. People are needing to infuse more often, right? Don't infuse that often. Shut the frick up. I want to play how I want to play. You don't get to tell me how to play, right? Don't tell me not to infuse. I want to. I don't want to use your sidearm and your and your your stupid grenade launcher. I want to use the weapons that I want to use. It's a loot-based game for frick's sake, right? So if somebody's wanting to use the loot they want to use, Enhancement Course comes in and says, oh, that's rhythmically constant and consistent. I am rhythmic, rhythmically rare and inconsistent. It doesn't make any sense. Now, it makes sense to have Enhancement Cores showing up rhythmically inconsistent and rare if it's attached to the mastery of items because that makes sense within 
the like the identity of what you're doing right that's what you're doing you're 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 saying okay I'm masterworking this item. It should be costly. This is an endgame activity. Or as I said, you're enhancing a perk. I want hand cannon reloader to be enhanced hand cannon reloader. That makes sense. I mean, it, it does. It makes sense. It's like, it's it's sensible. It, it is, it, it's logical. Right? The, the, the the rareness of the drops the the intentionality you have to take to go after those cores lines up very well with you saying i'm going to capstone these pieces of gear that i really really like what do people do now what do they do okay even those of us that are in the end game what do we do we don't masterwork anything i mean i do just because it bothers me sometimes that my most favorite gun doesn't have the yellow line around it but people people aren't even masterworking stuff why well, they're not masterworking anything because they're like, I gotta save it. There's gonna be a DLC soon, and when the, and when there's a DLC, uh, I'm gonna need those. I'm gonna need those cores for infusion. So, like, the hardcore players aren't using them as they're intended. They're saving them and stacking them for future content. So they're not even really using them as they were intended. They're just holding onto them and stacking them up. And the casual players are just getting irritated because they can't use the gear they work. You use the gear they want. It, it doesn't work for either end of the spectrum, honestly. So when people are like, oh, I always have plenty of Masterwork cores for Infusion, right? Well, how much of that is related to the fact that you play a lot? How much of that is related to the fact that you're saving them up whenever the new DLC comes out? Like, what's your bundle? What's your stack? And the other question is, how many pieces of gear are you actually Masterworking, right? Probably none! Probably none, because it just makes more sense to save them. Like, I'm not Masterworking anything, I'm sitting on 85 cores! You think I'm gonna struggle when Season of the Drifter comes out? No! I have more than enough. So it's a dissonant. It's a, it's a contradiction of economy. It's a contradiction of economy. You have an economy that is landing on two completely different activities in the game and you either make it too accessible or not accessible. Whatever, whichever path you take is in line with the identity of the activity infusion. You make it super accessible. Now it's really easy to capstone everything. You make it inaccessible. You make them rare. Now you don't have enough to do a basic infusion. It's stupid. It's dissonant and contradictory. It's just, it's an illogical idea to have them tied together uh tom sir as a mainly solo player i have mixed thoughts on the next season of content joker's wild as it is gambit related i feel like uh to be missing out on new activities it will just get steamrolled from well linked up teams do you think they will change gambit to make it more solo friendly i'm telling you what i want from joker's wild we, we might not get but I'm telling you, it would be the answer for even solo players. Because the, the the main issue that so many people have with Gambit, so much of it is related to the PvP. So if their pinnacle version of Gambit has no PvP, but it's just really, really, really hard, well then you just throw in matchmaking and it's like the Forges, right? You can play it if you get paired with Dum Dums. Sorry, but you know... If you get paired with Dum Dums, that's rough. But like, if the PvP aspect is in there, then I think all the frustrations will remain it'll remain especially if it becomes pinnacle and harder you're adding insult to injury at that point the activity itself becomes harder and there's pvp and if you're solo queuing oh just forget it right i have concerns about that now again cosmo said it's not only gambit right one of the pieces of it is a pinnacle version of gambit we're just gonna have to wait and see how much of joker's wild is gambit centered and how much of it is it just expanding his story and maybe doing other things? I don't know. 
Nova Hands, hey Lono, what does a perfect exotic weapon quest look like to you and maybe the community as a whole? I don't have a perfect exotic quest in mind, but I like one that isn't done quickly and has puzzles. Sleeper. Sleeper's pretty good. Now, if you're going to time gate stuff, again, you got to be sensible about it. Don't have RNG in the way. So, like, I can get to where I want in the quest, you know, and then if I have to wait till next week to talk to the gunsmith, that's fine, right? I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, that's that's not a concern um so i would say i would say that's where i land on it i like i like there to be some mystery some puzzle and for it to be you know for it to take some time i don't want somebody cranking through it in a day the sleeper quest bothered me in d2 people had sleeper day one of warmind and that irritated me i was like that's not how it should have been we should have pieced that sucker together i think it was disrespectful to the memory of the sleeper it just was that that thunderlord kind of too like these are great exotics these are like these are nostalgic memories and we're just like yeah here you go here you go it's not that hard. it's not that hard here you go here you go here you go so i think that would be the best way to structure them not every time but that's a good exotic quest in my mind um jchris66 how would they take us back to the dreadnought without people complaining it's recycled content Here's what I have to say for people that keep saying things about recycled content. You know, if they bring back the raids, or if they bring back old strikes, or if they bring back the dreadnought, okay? Here's what I have to say to you. And I I say this as nicely as I can. Uh, No one gives a frick. No one gives a frick, right? It's just an easy thing to say on Twitter and an easy thing to say on YouTube. You're more than likely somebody who doesn't play. If you are somebody that that, that plays, I, I I have a very insightful secret for you you're gonna play anyway you you are you're gonna play anyway like what's it matter you know like oh dreadnought recycled content Bleh. oh if you look at that helmet in in forsaken that's a helmet right out of prison of elders look at this recycled content oh yeah we're all of the we're all of the barons recycled content was the sh- was was the shattered throne was the raid was was the dreaming city was the tangled shore was any of that recycled content no well then shut the frick up like seriously it's okay for exotics to come back it's okay for locations to come back it's okay for armor sets to come back like Let's focus on what really, really matters. The content loop and cool stuff is what matters. Seriously, like, if there's a couple of things in there, I it, I don't think it hurts the quality of the game. It's an easy and lazy criticism. People are like, well, Bungie's lazy with their recycled content. The irony is that is a lazy criticism. You're not criticizing the game. You're not criticizing the content. A lot of the times, they're not even playing the content. They're not even playing the content. They're just saying it. That's the grand irony. Oh, it's so lazy to keep recycling content. Yeah, well, it's lazy to say that. You're not even being thoughtful. Like, you're just copy-pasting our criticism since, what, Age of Triumph, I guess. So, the rest of us are going to play and have fun. You're going to play and cry. You know, if that's the way you want to play the game and live your life, go for it. But... I think at this point, if they bring back any of the old locations or any of the old activities, if someone gets mad and complains about recycled content, that doesn't that doesn't bother me in the least. It doesn't bother me in the least. So, 
Death Starfish says, quickly just want to say the content lately is awesome. You're killing it. Keep it up, Lono. For the question, do you think Last Word will reign supreme in the Crucible, even with even uh, with its lack of range? All right, listen. Okay, so you've read the data mines, right? People have looked at the stats and they've said, okay, um, you know, this thing's got less range or whatever. I don't think the last word needs range. Uh, traditionally, as I understood it and as I saw it used, it was a pretty, uh, it was pretty close range uh, face ripper. Okay, so I see it probably being a uh, a shotgun rush stopper. You know, a barrel stuff stopper. You know, somebody's just playing kind of mindlessly and skating. Um, we don't know though. Like we just don't know. Map design plays a huge part here. Uh, how wh- how quick can what's its optimum TTK time to kill? Right? What's its optimum time to kill? I don't know. Does optimum? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, optimum time to kill is sometimes really difficult to pull off, so it doesn't matter. Someone's like, well, in the perfect scenario, the last word's gonna melt people with that rush with shotgun. Okay, well, how often is that happening? Right? If it's super hard to pull off and it's super easy to barrel stuff with a shotgun, it may not matter. You know, here's my hope. Here's my hope. I want everybody playing the Crucible right now to feel the sting of the last word. That's what I want, and I don't even play. <laughs> I want to hear the cries and I want to drink the tears of everyone crying about the last word in the crucible because it'll be a fond fond memory <laughs> that thing was such a god and I loved watching you know gigs use it with the 1k uh, the, the one the 1000 yard stare I loved watching uh, crafty use it with a sniper and I want that to come back I want that sauce to come back I want to watch people do that and I want to drink the tears of the cry babies um shut up and play the meta is what i'll say now if that's the case and we have a couple months of that then i might have to nerf it and tone it down a little bit but i will enjoy uh saying shut up and play the meta for at least a few months because the last word is just it deserves it deserves to be that great it deserves to be that great it's the last word you know it it uh I want to see that happen. So I'm, I, I might not be in good company saying this. There are probably people groaning like, oh my gosh, that's all we need, you know, is a hip fire insanity, you know, meta. But if you remember, if you remember the last word, I think the reason people liked it is you could, it, it, it felt like it had decent low entry. You know, I was a lower skilled player and I could use the last word and have a decent time with it. But then you put that thing in Gig's hands and Connor's going to melt you into dust. Like, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not using it the same way he is, but we're both enjoying it. I think that's why shotguns will always be, will always be a decent option in Destiny from here on out because of that nature. You put it in Lumi's hands and he's an artist with it. You put it in my hands and I can get a couple easy kills a game with it and I feel pretty cool. That's what they're trying to do, I think. Like, that's kind of a microcosm of Destiny, isn't it? There's content that anybody can do and there's 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 content that's really hard like Shattered Throne and the raids, etc. So, I feel like shotguns in the last word land in that that low entry floor, high high skill expression uh, landscape or spectrum I mean uh, Flex Buffneck now this is a name do you think removal of trials has caused really, has caused really good players to flood quick play and comp um, 
Man, I got news for you. When we had trials, they did that anyway. I mean, quick play has always been a sweat fest since D2 launched, even when it was double primary team shot meta. Uh, that's that hasn't that's not a new development. Uh, even when trials was going on, trials was just where they went on the weekends. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. You know, that's where they went on the weekends, and the sweat. The sweatheads and the and the hardcore players were always in quick play. I it's it's I don't think that's a I don't think that's a new phenomenon <laughs> personally. Iron Baden. Lono, how do you feel about the upcoming subclass changes? Whilst I'm happy to see the buffs and the nerfs uh, I'm happy to see the buffs, the nerf to Blade Barrage seems odd to me. Thoughts. This was my concern about Blade Barrage being a problem in PvP, right? Is that you would have people you know, saying this is too strong, this is too strong, and then one of the cooler and 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 more entertaining and fun supers in in PVE would uh, would get nerfed, and so I am concerned about that. Obviously, we're going to have to wait, right? We're going to have to wait and see. It could it could still be really strong. It sounded like they were going to do some things with the the explosions and the way the knives impact and stuff. Um, it sounded like it might still be pretty strong and viable uh, in in PVE. I would hate for it to go down in efficiency, though. It's already pretty inconsistent with shards. Uh, I, I don't want that to get worse, you know? Because we, we love the fact that the Hunter now has a strong PVE class that's not just support or a one-off DPS with... with you know, with uh, with Hawkmoon, right? It's it's a strong it's a strong class. You know, you got knife trick, you got and you got shards, and then you got the the super itself. Like, there's a lot. There is a lot about Way of a Thousand Cuts that is appealing for really really strong you know offense in PVE, being offensive and pushing, um, and. I, that would be unfortunate to lose that because it was it was really strong in PvP and not just really strong in PvP it was strong in PvP with an exotic which it kind of should be right it kind of should be like I know it's hard to have nuance and it's hard for them to go in and tweak it specifically in PvP but I hope they can do that Wraith Resurgent what if Bungie just made the Shatter Throne a quest located on the map like the Pyramidian Step does that make sense now this is a good solution this is a good solution it's only available at will when you're in the quest do we know if this is no we went we went and did it like yeah that's a good solution that's good feedback they could just say that's what you said well you're a smart guy Chevy maybe you're just slow at typing (laughs) got him I mean they could have they could just say look when you're in the quest Shattered Throne is accessible on the map and then after that it's not so you you don't feel stuck that keeps the rng in there which is okay because it's an exotic exotics having rng attached to them uh i think is okay but that would be i think a better a better that'd be a happy a happy minute. that would be abused no uh oh yeah i mean it would be abused but it, ah, the <laughs> Think of the community, not of the fringe people, not of the small percentage of people that would that would abuse it, right? Like I I would say I would say that I don't know. I would say it's worth it to help the people that are stuck. 
to say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna make it accessible. Because what people would do is they would instance in, take their buddies in, and leave, and then they'd run it on another character, and they'd always have the throne accessible. Now, what you gotta think is how many people are gonna be working on the Izanagi quest? How many people are gonna be working on the Izanagi quest that are like, I I want to abuse this, right? <clears throat> I, I think that's a minority. I think the majority would be thrilled and would work on the quest. So. Homeboyd. Having seen and experienced both, what are your thoughts on the previous DLC model versus the current season pass drip feed model? Pros, cons of each? This is a good question. I've, I lived through Dark Below House of Wolves. I lived through Rise of Iron. Uh, April Update, Age of Triumph. I lived through... Um, and you're all nodding your head. Me too, me too, right? We've lived through Warmind and Curse. I actually think the annual pass is the exact cadence and rhythm that the game needs. However, I think now that they've got that down, they need to focus on the depth, okay? <clears throat> so the depth is is kind of there they can do this rhythm and they can do this cadence without i think i don't think you have to hurt the current weapons too much you don't need to like go through and nerf all of this all of the meta weapons but you could certainly make new weapons far more worth chasing they're narrow right the orchid the machine gun you don't really need to chase the god rolls um so that's where it's lacking, you know, and there's logistical things they need to w- work on and iron out. Leveling up should just be so much more streamlined. They're getting there. I still don't think leveling is where it should be. I think I think every single activity you do should get you to the old should get you through to the old um the old power level. Every single thing you do should get you to the old power level and then and then the the new the new power level should be fairly accessible through primes and milestones. Give some intentionality, give some bigger drops, and get people to the new power level. There's no reason for any of that to take slow. That's that's not content. Don't tell me it's content. Don't. Don't tell me it's content because it's not. It is it is a method of feeling of progress and it's a way of keeping people out of content. It isn't content. So I I would say if they could get that logistically smooth, leveling up to the old and then leveling up to the new, after that, their main focus is is depth. And I, I think I'm telling you, I'm going to keep banging away on this drum. I'm going to keep banging away on this drum. The key, the key is Ada. She is the future. That is the future. Because if they drip feed people the idea that they could chase a weapon or a piece of armor for a certain NPC, whether it's Drifter, Zavala, Shax, Devrim, K, etc., and then that rotates and trickles alongside of the annual pass, that's a mountain. There's so much there. There's so much intentionality, right? And I think I think that if you if you if you look at it from that perspective there is there is so much room for depth the way that we looked at d2 at launch and we saw so much room for depth so when i think of the annual pass 
cadence and rhythm it's there man every every week or every other week there's something new dropping in the game for us to go chase a mystery to solve an activity to to, to try now the activities the activities are basic and i think that's okay right milo and other people are like oh yay we get to throw balls again you got to understand the game that you're playing okay they're not going to create loopable grindable content that's super complex like the riven fight or something like that's not going to be your garden variety injection in content like this it's going to be like forges it's going to be like strikes horde mode etc and i think that's totally and utterly fine the loop can be simple and satisfying the loot needs to be have depth and and strength right so think about think about that with me right picture that in your mind the content loop can be simple and satisfying and the reason people would stay in simple yet satisfying content is if the loot has depth and strength right so if you're grinding some new activity in in gambit or you're just grinding stuff on the edz right the content loop of grinding the edz is simple but it's satisfying it's it's fun right it's fun to do all the different things the lost sectors the public events etc you're gonna stay in that simple and satisfying grind if you know i can get a really really dope roll on the old-fashioned from devrim k right there's depth and there's power do you see you connect those two puzzle pieces and I think people will do what we've been doing every day people will do what I did when I was uh, chasing an imago right this is simple satisfying grind now we could talk about the loop the loop for skeleton keys being unsatisfying to a degree because of just the nature of the layers of RNG and that's why I think Ada's system is so much better there's more intentionality there's a better sense of progression toward a chance at the gun than we got doing the skeleton key system you might not get a skeleton key then you might not even get the imago when you get the imago you might not even get the 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 role you're looking for too many layers of RNG right so this is a better this is a better path than we've had before and I think when you when you nail those two puzzle pieces simple and satisfying depth depth and power is what you're chasing and you lock those two together people will play every inch of this game each week just dependent on what they want and that's the real ticket right like oh well the milestones funnel people into all sorts of different content yeah and what do people do once they're max level what do people do once they're tired of chasing power right they're like I don't feel like playing gambit or crucible what do they do they stop playing what do people do when they know they can get as many drops in a week on a trust or a bygones or an old fashioned or uh, a Lincoln Green pulse rifle? If you knew you could get limitless drops on those guns and there were really cool, strong, or curated rolls in the mix, what do people do when they can do that? They play and they play and they play and they play and they play. They play until they get it right. It works. The 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 the, the, the system the system works. So I think there is uh, I think there's a great path forward with this rhythm and cadence versus being like oh man we gotta make sure and do a campaign we gotta make sure and do a story we gotta make sure and do a new location a new public space like all of that pulls away from a simple and satisfying loop with depth and power in the in in, in the in the in the loot uh mad marl malteris do you think faction rallies will return and if so uh what would you like them to take uh, what what form would you like them to take? 
I have I have outlined my my idea for faction rally being something that is always available in the tower, uh, and so you could grind them for the cool cosmetics. Ranking up would lead to shaders, ornaments, uh, ships, ghosts, emblems, etc. Right, so that's available all the time, and leveling up has benefits. And then every every month you have the rally, right? You have the rally. And the rally leads to like the first rally would be two guns per faction and one armor piece. Two guns and an armor piece. And you grind that whole week doing stuff just like Ada. Just like Ada, you're grabbing bounties and you're doing stuff for that faction. You're getting as many chances as you'd like. Okay going for the role that you want to get. Maybe you're on vacation you don't even get a chance to. Maybe you can't maybe the RNG gods hate you and you don't get the you don't get the role that you want. Okay? Well, after that faction rally week, it goes away and you're bummed and you're ticked, right? And you go back to grinding your rank and trying to get ornaments or whatever. Maybe you're like, I want to try and get that ornament for the gun if and when I finally get the role that I want. Well, when the next month comes around and we're now in faction rally week number two, now what you do is you take the previous two weapons and armor piece, drop them into the general loot pool so they're always available, and you roll out more. Two more guns and another armor piece. Maybe two guns, two armor pieces every time. The reason this works is it maintains the urgency, the rhythmic urgency is what I call it, right? When it's a week for a nightfall or a week for a frame in the forge, that's a rhythmic piece of urgency. You're like, I've got to go for this this week. This is my week to go for it. And then you go for it right and then after that you're like okay next week what am i going for so the rhythmic urgency would be maintained with this faction rally setup and and it's accessible to all so you're not like oh i missed out bummer the people that were hardcore and got the role they got get to kind of hang it over your head for a month but then it's available all the time after that that's that's the route that uh that's the route that i would take so uh next question Gandalf 77 with the recent split from Activision do you think that instead of new iterated titles D3 D4 etc that it might be more cost effective and favorable for consistent releases of content similar to WoW Final Fantasy 14 where the base game is merely built on I think you have it and I think they will do that but they will not do that on top of D2 I think D2 Tiger Engine and the dev tools are too restrictive to do what you're describing I think they can pull off what you're describing if they rebuild the game in the Unreal Engine that's what I think personally if if they can pull that off that's an investment up front, right? There's a lot of time, there's a lot of bandwidth, there's a lot of investment, there's a lot of man hours invested into rebuilding the game in a new engine. And when you do that, you're netting a long game benefit. What do I always say with streaming? Play the long game, right? Play the long game. If they play the long game, the benefit would be their content trickle going forward would be exactly as you're saying it. Investing in the world of Destiny, and think about it like this their injections could be far more substantive they could be far more substantive because then then you're saying I didn't get the Jotun then you're saying okay okay we took a little bit longer to give you the launch title right we'll call it we'll call it just destiny or or destiny universe um or they just give it a title and the title always changes destiny the time war right that's the banner title at the beginning and then four months later, they do a deliverable, and it's called 
it's called the road back right or the dark the dark road or whatever so when they do that when they do that that second dlc that first dlc the dark road could be more substantive because they're building in a new engine they can build worlds quicker they can build missions quicker boss encounters etc why is unreal engine the difference okay so this isn't like public knowledge so it, it you not knowing this is is understandable the engine they have built this game in is called the Tiger Engine. It's an old engine. It's what they built Halo in. It's outdated at this point. Okay? It can't... <clears throat> it's one of the reasons we don't have dedicated servers. They would have had to rebuild all the architecture in the background, because when this engine came into existence, peer-to-peer was basically the way to do things. The Unreal Engine is what most games nowadays are being built in, especially games like Fortnite. It's got agility. Agile engines, agile development tools in the development world is super important. I worked for a development company, a small company, for a year, and I learned a lot about, like, waterfall development versus agile development, and, and, and how you get the, the, the end product to be closer to the wants of the, of the, of the consumer. And agile development is the, is like basically the way forward for both game development and software development because you're able to make quicker iterations, changes, and updates. So when people are like, why can't you fix this? Why can't you make this better? It's because it takes a long time for them to do very basic things. But then Fortnite can be like, here's an update. And a day later, they're like, oh, whoops, sorry. It's causing a glitch. And they yank the update out. That's agility. That's quick. That's, that is, that's adaptation in an ever-changing landscape that leads to better survival. (laughs) And and better likability, right? Like, people feel like the game is being sort of crafted, uh, you know, to their to their liking. So, that's why I say the upfront, the upfront change would be worth it in the long run. Now, what this might mean is we don't get, we don't get a, uh, we don't get a Destiny sequel, we don't get a Destiny, you know, expansion or destiny 3 we don't get it for a long time and the net benefit would be though all content ads and updates afterward would be quicker and larger when i say substantive substantive is having substance it's got girth giggity right it's got substance that's one of the things that the annual pass right now is showing you the rhythmic and cadence is good and the substance could be better, right? And when you and when you think about that, imagine getting this the the cadence that we got. Just go look at the roadmap for Black Armory, okay? And you're like, okay, this week we get a forge, this week we get a forge, this week we get this, blah 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 blah. And you look at all that. And then I want you to imagine every single thing that's scheduled being a little bit bigger, a little bit better, and having more depth. If, if they could do that, if they could hit that rhythm and that cadence with more depth and more substance, you're talking about the types of games that people play for forever. You're talking about the people that lose their jobs and their friends because they don't stop playing World of Warcraft. You shouldn't do that, by the way, but that's the type of game that we're talking about. That's the type of game that I believe Destiny can be. It's so so contingent on the engine 
that's a hill worth dying on. I truly think. I really hope there are people that are Bungie at Bungie that are dying on that hill and saying, we wait an extra year. We rebuild this game in a new engine. Like, die on that hill at Bungie, please. Whoever's there, die on that hill to fight for a game that can adapt. You also have to think about, for frick's sake, there are new consoles coming. The Tiger engine interfacing with what the new consoles can do with maybe better textures, better lighting, better everything. Can, can this engine be be stretched? Can it can it can it interface and and get the benefit of these new consoles? I don't know. That's the other beauty of an agile engine. Think about it like this. Okay. You can make Fortnite look ridiculously awesome on your PC. Crank everything, great frame rate, looks super crispy. You can run it on an Xbox and they've optimized, right? They have optimized that that platform to hit 60 FPS on all consoles. That's amazing. That that standardization of performance is amazing. Why? Because the engine can be optimized. They can trim things down. Render distances. You know, how does the tree render its texture? Well, if we do this, it's rendering the texture for the tree. It's the same time that it's using to render the texture for this over here. Like, there's all kind of inner workings and loopholes they can do when they have an agile engine. They can make the game run better, right? So, you would have that in Destiny. Destiny would look and run beautiful on the Xbox One and the PS4, and it'd run amazing and look even better on the new consoles. That agility, that's what they're doing with Fortnite. Fortnite, I hope, really truly hope, what we look back on in the history of gaming is we're more thankful for Fortnite than frustrated by it. I think Epic Games and Fortnite has changed what people can start to expect from games. I can play it with anybody. What do you mean I can't play it with my friend? What are you talking about? Oh, he's on the PS4. Oh, I can play Fortnite with my friend on the PS4, right? What do you mean your game doesn't have 60 FPS on this on this on the console? Fortnite does it. If the if the if the consciousness of the players can be raised to think about things that are actually pro player, pro longevity, pro agility, pro, you know, high fidelity graphics that don't look terrible, like oh yeah, it's four it's 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 four K, but it's thirty FPS for frick's sake. Like we stand to benefit at so many levels of quality if they switch engines. <laughs> we really do. We really do. So it's a giant question mark. It's a it's a giant question mark. Frame rate does not impact my enjoyment of a game. Doctor Suplex, I promise you. I promise you this. I'm not you. Okay. If I let you play Destiny for a week on my PC at, at, at 140 plus FPS, I let you play for a week, and then you went back to console, you would you, you would not say what you're saying. You would change your tune. I promise you, you would. You would. You would not be able to go back, man. It, it, is, it is so experientially different, the fluidity and the smoothness. It, you, you can't, you cannot put a quantity on it. It's like, you can't quantify how good it is. You can't qualify it, I mean. It's so, so good for everything. Um, so, but if you're satisfied with 30 FPS, I mean, I'm not trying to convince you that, that your experience is inferior. I'm telling you, dude. No, 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 no. You can't go to movies, Dr. Suplex, Hobbit and all that. No, 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 uh-uh. That's not, that's, that's, I would say that's false equivalency. The, the, the movies looking funky with the frame rate isn't the same as what you would experience in a video game. Trust me. Trust me, it's different. It's different. 
Hey, it's Chevy, the homie. Do you think RNG issues with the uh, Izanagi's Burden quest and the rare bounty is an RNG issue or a lack of ability to earn the rare bounty? Instead of it being tied to those daily bounties, why not have it tied to the forge completions with a small chance of the bounties having an increased chance, like the Nightfall treatment. This inaccessibility causes issues for the Blacksmith title as well, needing six rare bounties completed. As far as the time-gated issue, they can add a quest mode like they do with most quests. Right, so you're touching on what the other guy said. So, uh, Chevy's got two great ideas here. One's already been shared, which was you could basically make it to where that portion of the quest, the Shattered Throne, is is literally a quest you click on. Now, obviously, people they people are like, oh, people would abuse that. that I think those people would be in the minority. I, I do. I truly do. I think they'd be in the minority. I think most people uh, wouldn't wouldn't do that. I think more people would be would be just doing the quest. Okay. But the other idea he's got that's good is instead of saying rare bounties come from bounties, why not just tie it to forge completion? Forge completions. You just keep running the forge. You know, I, I think that's actually a really, really good middle ground. And, uh, and I, uh, I agree. I agree with Chevy on this one. This is a good middle ground. This would get, this would get us into, uh, a much better situation of people not feeling stuck. Uh, and especially since that, you know, you're, you're kind of addressing, uh, both problems. You're addressing both problems. I'm having to refresh dim here. I want to move my, um, my spindle. So sorry for the scene change here. Uh, trying to get some things moved around. There we go. My spindle, my whisper, whatever. Uh, Dresper, what are your thoughts on the more consistent light level increases? It seems like a shallow way to fake power progression and offset power creep. I don't think power creep is related here. Um, I don't think power creep is related here because the increase in our power isn't introducing power creep on the weapons like power creep is when they're like here's a bunch of new weapons and all these new weapons are are stronger and so all your old weapons are are not as good uh i think it 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 does what rpgs do and it gives you a sense of progression for your time if it gives you a sense of progression for your time there's something about that that people have really latched onto and liked this is why when you play a mobile game you're leveling up like, what is that? Like, I'm leveling up in this weird, like, bejeweled-style game. What are you talking about? I'm leveling up. Like, there's there's progression, right? That, I think, is, is a sign, you know, seeing that landing on more games is a sign that we respond psychologically positive to that. Like, there's a positive psychological response. So that's why I think they're doing it. Now, streamlining is the key. And here, here's, here's now track with me here. This is why this is important. It creates this sense of movement and ethos shift. So whenever Season of the Drifter starts, if leveling's pretty quick and pretty fast, you're like, well then what's the point? What's the point? Here's the point. You sense this sense of like, I need to get stronger to go do these things. And then you play and in a week or two, you get stronger and you go do those things. And it does, I'm telling you, it does something to the player. It's like buy-in or something. It's like, oh, I'm in, I'm, I'm doing the new things. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing these new activities and I, I earned my, I earned my way in here, right? Well, I mean, I think that is, uh, I think that's a, that's a way to get people to feel a sense of loyalty and a sense of investment. You're, you're not just, 
You're not just ticking off a new box. What's the new activity? Oh, I'll go do the new activity. It's, no, you are invested. You got to this new level. You are now strong enough to do this level, and you're you're getting something for that. Power, access, etc. So I would I would say it it is more than just the set like this false sense of progression. It's it's also a sense of movement. It's a sense of oh we're we're in a new place, you know. And it gives you that sense of like yeah I'm one of the cool I'm one of the cool guys right. Uh, O'Donnell Nathan, can you only get curated rose rolls from the final forge? Okay, so um, I'm pretty sure you have to be doing a powerful frame in the final forge is what we've been told that's what we've been told about trying to get um oh curated roles sorry i misread the question i misread the question um i actually i actually have been told you can get the curated role but it's not 10 levels of masterwork right people have said they've gotten the curated um orchid but it's not a 10 level masterwork so it seems like they're they're dropping but they're not dropping like all the way up does that make sense you can get the roll but it's not the curated roll it's static across the board but it's not like maxed out i had numerous people tell me they got the curated orchid and they weren't doing a um i've gotten a curated kindle with masterwork 10 but were you doing a powerful frame right that's the big question. Uh, Matrix. In the end cutscene, when the light hits the Dreadnought, the focus is actually much more on Saturn with the Dreadnought in the background. What if we're actually going to Saturn? Well, you just kind of broke my all of my predictions. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. We could be going to Saturn instead. It couldn't it could be it could have very little to do with the dreadnought. I mean, think about it. We went back to the reef, but not really. Like we didn't go to anything that was like traditionally known as like reef locations. We went to the Tangled Shore and the Dreaming City, right? But that was reef based. So we very likely could the dreadnought could be a new location for NPCs because we've taken, I mean we could be taken over and setting up shop right? I mean we set up the public beacons there so we could have cleaned it out and reclaimed it as a vanguard hub. Maybe that's something we do at the very beginning. Maybe that's the introduction to the next DLC as we go back to the dreadnought and we have that nostalgia and we fight in that beginning area but they close off that beginning area right like bringing the entire dreadnought to destiny 2 might be too much like bringing old content into destiny 2 is apparently hard to do and so they would then they would then have to say okay you know you're just doing that beginning area we'd go in and fight it'd be a big fight and a battle and a boss would come out and then it becomes like the new public space it becomes the you know one of the that's the public space for that for the what i've been calling the taken queen right i think it's the taken queen we're going back to the dreadnought and we're fighting savathun because she's everywhere and they have been dropping hints like crazy that somebody is going to ascend to the high throne since we did not according to sword logic so that would all signs point to Savathun and that'd be a wild ride to go back into the dreadnought and have a a quote unquote taken queen vicious spell in regard to leveling what if our light level 
leveled up like our character and then we no longer had a character level that's a simplistic way of leveling that I think the game could benefit from but I don't know if they're ever going to do it I could go either way either streamline the existing system or go to a more classic RPG leveling right where you play and then that's it you 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 play and then you level right so I, that'd be that'd be kind of the way that that I would think they could do it personally I'm trying to blow this candle out, but then I'm always worried about the, uh, I'm worried about the smoke because I don't want the smoke to get in front of the camera, but I'm putting paper on top of, uh, a hot location. So I don't want the paper to, I'm sending up smoke signals now. You see, I don't think smoke can like ignite a paper. I'm not a, (laughs) I'm not a chemist, but, uh, I think it's somewhat safe. Uh, so We'll just have to wait and see. What is the wait and see? Vicious spell. Do you ever think we might get a horde mode similar to Call of Duty Zombies? Okay, this is a good question, and it's a bit of a quandary for me. Okay. Now this could come later. This could come later to the forges. We we don't know, right? We don't know. Um, they could basically say that we're gonna start to make uh we're going to make the forges we're going to make the forges never ending there's a pin what if there's a pinnacle version of the forge you go get a a uh sorry about the smoke you go get like a um like a key from ada and that key unlocks the a pinnacle version of the forge called you know i don't know onslaught or endless endless something and then it's it's a it's a it, it you just play and play and play and play and play and play now why would you do that maybe the further you get the higher likelihood of exotics to drop like maybe there's there's new things coming i don't you know probably probably not we don't i don't think there's any new exotics coming um but uh there definitely could be something to saying existing content now has new life because it's more of a true you know go 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 until you can't stand anymore you know endless uh, horde mode I don't know if the delta scaling would just get ridiculous and break the game I remember when Gearbox was working on uh, developing the OP8 system for Digistruct Peak I remember, I remember reading that they were like oh my gosh you're gonna break the game because it was just a continued sort of scaling of how strong you could be as a player as well as how strong the enemies were you would it was like a it was like raising the world difficulty in division when you went into an op8 or an op7 or whatever instance of borderlands everything was stronger well i mean you can you can make games unstable and you can break them when you're doing that because you're you're changing everything and there could be dire <laughs> dire consequences um you know you make you make instances and encounters unstable so i i don't know if that's why they've never done it but i think an endless horde mode could be pretty cool uh amish milkmad being a game dev i can see some uh uh some sides into content creation that others do not i think the community loses sight of how long content actually takes to be created uh and it stems from people's instant gratification or des- well desire for instant gratification um do you think companies 
if more companies were open about the dev process, the community could be more patient uh, and have no effect. No, we've actually talked about this before, and video game development and having like a symbiotic nature, like a relationship with the community where there's a back and forth. Developers have been, you know, pretty honest about why this is something they hesitate to do. Uh, why this is something that they're they're not fans of doing. They don't like talking to the public. And that's because it's easy to have misunderstandings. It's easy to make uh, accidental promises or promises that can't you can't act upon in the time that you wish that you could. Um, and the the underbelly of what you're saying, right? Like, let's say there's this strong thing on top. It's the strong shell of like, hey, if we did this, if we had more, you know, transparency with folks, they'd start to understand and then be a little bit more patient, right? And that's the strong shell on top. Okay, well, there's vulnerabilities, right? The under, the soft underbelly of that is people could be like, you're just making excuses, right? You just, you guys are basically just telling us that you can't or you're giving us a lot of like, you know, it's too hard, right? Think about it like this. Think about it like this, okay? There have been articles that have come out about creating content being difficult for Bungie. And people say, yeah, I mean, we got to hear from Bungie. They just make excuses like it's too hard to make content. Bungie's never done that publicly. But that's all that, ma- all that matters is that the narrative gets out that it's hard for them to make content and people run with that and they're like, they're just making excuses. It's just, oh, it's quote unquote too hard for them to make content, right? Well, when you do that, when you have that transparency, they're the benefits, I just think the benefits quickly fade because people are going to run with false narrative. People are going to run with things that you never said. Um, people are going to misconstrue your words. I've read a lot of interviews with developers that are like, you know, we don't like talking to the public because when we talk to the public, they, 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 they they take things that we didn't say. I mean, just look at, just look at how 10 year plan became the narrative for destiny, right? They never said the phrase 10 year plan ever. It was never uttered by Bungie and it became the narrative. Why? Because I think it was Mark Noseworthy said in a vid doc, this is a game we envision you playing for 10 years. Community makes an interpretation. That interpretation becomes a motto. That motto becomes gospel and everyone runs with it. And that's why developers don't like talking to the public and having that level of transparency. So... Unsung 4, what can be done about the situation surrounding exotic catalysts? Yeah, catalysts are in a funky spot. They need to trickle them out. I think just trickling them out in strikes would probably be the best approach. Um, So people could get them, and it would just be in a natural part of the content that right now doesn't have a whole lot of purpose anyway. Wall Street. Uh, Did I see Vision of Confluence is returning? Okay, first of all, don't play with my emotions. That's not funny. And second of all... Where did you see this? Uh, tell me now, or you're banned. No, seriously, I've not seen anything about about uh, Vision of Confluence coming back. Um, I loved Vision of Confluence because I couldn't get the Fatebringer to drop for the longest time. So I ran Vision for a really, really long time. I loved it, and that's why I love the Treads Upon Stars. Uh, Treads Upon Stars was uh, basically a black and red version of the Vision of Confluence. So I loved it. You know, it was like a Say No to Rage Vision of Confluence. It was it was fun. Um, so I, uh, I would love for that gun to come back, but I, I don't know. I I feel like it's probably unlikely. Uh, I feel like it's probably unlikely. So, um, 
Confluence confirmed, but how and where? The heck is the vision of Confluence? I really got to play D1. Oh man, somebody saved Chevy. Don't let him say stuff like that publicly. Uh, he doesn't know what the vision of Confluence is. It's okay. It's okay. We still love you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've not seen anything about it. I don't know where it got confirmed, if it was data mined or what, but uh, that's actually very interesting. Why would that one come back? Why would Vision of Confluence come back? What would be the point of bringing that back? What's it tied to? Are, is that a hint that we're getting old raids coming back? I wonder. I wonder. Called out. I'm sorry. I don't like ending people's careers, but I mean, it happened. RJ117. Is there a current glitch in the game where if your weapon slots are full and you walk over a gun, it shows curated rolled? Because that happened to me with the Orchid. Yes. And that is triggering as frick. It's happened to me a couple of times. The the yellow outline is definitely uh, definitely there. It's frustrating. Prestos. Uh, Maybe the pinnacle version of a forge can make tier 10... Uh, tier 10s and maybe at each 5 waves you can adjust a perk and build a curated yourself by the way guys there's only one question left if you want to get questions in ask them now but make sure they're good questions not books of your suggestions like actually about what we're talking about is Nagi's burden you know the future of destiny um, make, t- make tier 10s maybe each 5 waves you can adjust a perk and build a curated yourself see I don't want to build weapons myself I don't want to build a curated but I think chances going up for exotics or curated roles is a good way of doing it Nubok Nubok says we've been awoken uh, we've seen awoken become taken in, in, in the last wish raid could we see taken guardians in something like the dreadnought I don't know if they're going to go that far. I don't know if you're, they're going to go that far. What's interesting is even in the, the the dialogue and the story of the Taken King, he never seems to be wanting to take us. He's just trying to kill us. I don't know. Um, you'd have to consult Bife on the lore there because interestingly enough, the lore and sort of what Atheon's trying to do in, um, in Vaults of Glass is he's actually trying to erase us from time. He's not just trying to kill us. So he's trying to make it as though we never existed, which is interesting. Um, so I don't know if that's what... was that is that what Oryx was trying to do in the final fight by summoning what he was summoning? You'd have to ask Bife. Uh, Kula. Do you think a companion system where you summon an NPC to help you would be beneficial for solo Destiny players uh, for more difficult dungeons and nightfalls? I don't think they need to try to build something like this. That's probably too complex. I think the easy solution is just to freaking add matchmaking to Nightfalls and quests like that. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, Homeboyd, what is something you think D1 did right that D2 uh, is doing wrong? I'm not going to say did wrong because D2 did a bunch of things wrong when it launched. What did they get right that D2 is doing wrong? I think D1 made rank with an NPC matter and D2's not done that yet. Um, I also think the, the, the garden variety strike running in D1 was cool and it does seem odd to have strikes matter so little, uh, in D2. They just don't, they just don't matter, right? Like what, what's the point of running a strike? What's the point of running a strike? You are getting a, you, you do the three and you get your powerful, right? And then what? Then what do you do? That's it. 
So if it's only for powerful engrams, what, what do strikes do strikes just do they even matter at all once you're max power? No, they don't. Right? And that's weird. Strikes are like strikes are like meat and potatoes destiny content, you know? You're running missions, you're fighting bosses. The boss fights, I actually remember feeling like they really did such a good job with boss fights in D2. They really did. Like I they feel better. Like go back and play boss fights in D1. I mean, they are they are not nearly in my opinion, I mean, I, this is obviously subjective, but they are not nearly as good as the the boss fights in D2. Until we got, like, a la Cool and the Shield Brothers, man, boss fights in D1s were... In, boss fights in D1 were ter- just boring. You know? They were Volus to Ark being a big tank and just walking back and forth, and that was it. I mean, that was the fight. And when it was the nightfall, you hit under the stairs, you know? Yeah, I'm the goal. She just sits in the room and gets and gets a shield every once in a while, and she's freaking annoying and really strong. They made that fight way better near the end. They put you in the room. <laughs> that was saucy. I liked it. You know, they they uh, they brought things a whole lot further whenever they had the chance to. So I yeah, I would definitely say that str- having your rank with an NPC matter. D1 did right, and D1 even though the strikes weren't as good. Having a reason to run strikes is is absent from Destiny 2. And I think the answer is somewhat simple, and the two are related to each other, right? Make your rank with Zavala matter, give him bounties like Ada has, and you do all those things in strikes. I just made strikes matter, and I just made leveling up Zavala matter, right? Now, that's not super easy development-wise, but like you got the loot, you got the bounty system... You know, just put it in, put it in him, put it in his inventory, right? That is, uh, that's a great way to do it, I think. Hero Sect, simple question, uh, do you know, think of three games in ten years, or, or any other stipulations of the contract that Activision still hold true with the split? Oh, do you know, or think, that the three games in ten years, or any stipulations of the contract that Activision still hold true? Well... I, I don't think Bungie can... I don't think they want to just leave the game as it is and finish the annual pass and then be done. That would be really weird. Um, also, I... I don't, I don't necessarily think they're looking at timetables anymore. Right? They're probably looking at what's going to be the best for the game and not like, we must deliver a title by this time. That's going to be pretty liberating. I think that's why we're hearing that, like, it was a celebration at Bungie. Again, not like Ding Dong the Witch is dead, like, Activision was terrible. Activision did their job. They wanted ROI, so they demanded deadlines. They're not evil for doing that. They're not bad for doing that. That's what they're supposed to do. That's their function as a publishing company with shareholders. Like, earning profit for those shareholders is how they operate. And that is... A pain point that frustrated the development cycles of Bungie since probably 2013 when they decided to break up the game and reboot it, but then doing so probably could have been better recovered from if they didn't have a deadline of you got 12 months to do it. You know, it would have been a bummer for the game to cook that long and it still probably would have had struggles, but it probably would have been a significantly stronger game if they were able to rebuild it and launch it in 2015 instead of 2014 you know. 
vicious spell. Have you tried using Izanagi's Burden in Gambit and seen the weird visual glitch when you invade in ADS? No. Do you th- are we are we theorizing that it's on purpose or is it just something that needs to be patched? I've not seen that. Uh, Baker Rainey, is there a glitch where Ada weapon frames don't show up? It happened to me, no reason, uh, and it was on all of my characters. I've not heard of this on all characters. If you carry, if you carry a frame with you into the new week and then complete that frame that frame messes up everything because it's not present that week and since it's not present that week it it basically messes up her inventory because what it says is it like it there's no hand cannon this week and if you and if i would have completed a hand cannon frame after reset it's like oh give him a powerful hand cannon and because it gives me a powerful hand cannon it goes to ada's inventory and it says this is one of his frames for this week one of his non-powerful frames and so once you do your next it messes it up and you only have one and the reason you only have one is as far as Ada's concerned you got your two powerfuls you got a hand cannon and a machine gun so when she goes to show you those two frames she can't right so she only shows you the machine gun so you don't want you don't want to carry frames into the new week and if you do just delete them and don't complete them having them is not the issue completing them and getting the weapon drop is the problem that is the problem because it registers as one of the as one of the powerfuls and screws everything up. Dell, in your opinion, what do you think will happen after we fight the pyramid ships? No idea. Uh, that'll be a shift in story, maybe. I actually think they're going to be what we fight. Uh, they're going to be what we fight in the next game um, because they are they are they are the ancient foe of the traveler they are the actual enemy that matters uh, more than likely it could even possibly have something to do with the stranger uh, and the stranger could come back and help us fight it I've been continually saying that you know callus is gonna come back into play um, because you know he went out and stared into the abyss and saw what was coming and basically took an interest in us and the reason for that is, we're strong enough to fight alongside of him. So I think we're going to have a lot of unlikely allies, uh, you know, Eris Morn, um, Spider, Callus, and then the Stranger, and then we're going to fight the Ancient Foe of the Traveler all together. Uh, Tipticon says, Burns versus Singes, would it be worthwhile for Nightfalls uh, and exotic raid chests to return um, for more reliable exotic sources. I mean, something needs to happen because it does it, it, it does seem to be a pain point in the community to go months and months and months with only dupe exotics or months and months and months and never getting the 1k or the anarchy. That's a pain point in the community that needs addressed somehow. Mac, in D2, we cure or save certain NPCs from being taken. Could this be important as a plot device? Sure. And it could definitely come in big if there's a, if there's a DLC centered around the taken. You know? Maybe we have to rescue Eris or something. I don't know. Drop beat. He needs the gunsmith to have powerful Ingram quest uh, or leave it the way it is. He needs something. I don't even think he needs powerful. I think all the milestones and all the powerfuls are in the way. They could be placeholders for something better. Maybe intentional, you know, armor and weapon grinds. But then after that, what? Right? Once you're max power, what purpose do they serve? They should change once you're at max power. Because every new expansion, right, there's a new power increase. All of a sudden, those those milestones have purpose again. And then once you hit max power, they change back, right? There's always that tipping point of, like, once you hit max power, everything in the game changes. 
What do you mean? What do you think about Exotic Catalyst and how they can come back uh, and only getting from faction rallies? They just need to come back into strikes, probably. Chef Z, do you think Destiny would be better off uh, if they left PvP behind so they wouldn't have to balance it? They need a way to balance separately, and I think a new engine could help with this. I think this is one of the reasons that they don't balance separately is because the engine makes it difficult to do. I don't think they need to get rid of uh, PvP, but they need to separate the balancing. PvP is a decent chunk of the community. It's easy to add relevancy uh, to... Uh, to PvP content, it's easy to trickle PvP stuff like maps and stuff. Um, it's also easy to do like Iron Banner events and if they can get trials to, to function properly. So I don't think you need to get rid of it. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think the, the 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 pain of balancing, I think the pain of balancing can be answered by um, the pain of balancing could be answered by a split down the middle, which they could get if they were to leave behind uh, this engine. Because the two being sort of woven together uh, does seem to be one of the problems. Big Iron 999 Would you have done something different in the Izanagi's Burdens Quest? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that they should have RNG sitting in front of a time-gated thing like Shattered Throne. Uh, reason being is if you couldn't get a rare bounty, you couldn't go to do the Shattered Throne, and now reset's over, so you're stuck for, like, basically three weeks. Mac 2099. One thing about D2 strikes I really like is the variations for each strike. I would like to see them expand on this idea. Yes. I like the fact that the boss fights have a feel, the strikes themselves have a feel, and then the loot, if there's if there's strike-specific loot, that can have a feel. Yes. I, uh, I agree with you. And I think that that is uh, that is something that they could look at if they're going to give strikes a purpose through Zavala. A flowing a te- uh, throwing flowing T man says, "Do you think there you should be able to fast travel to the forges, uh, or just go straight into matchmaking from orbit? We should be able to matchmake from orbit. I, there's no reason to fast travel and then matchmake. If you matchmake and then cancel matchmaking, guess what happens? You're in orbit. It makes." zero sense now it makes zero sense maybe because internally there is a reason right it makes sense because internally there's a reason but man oh man they got to streamline that it just is so weird to click matchmaking and you click matchmaking and then if you cancel matchmaking you're in orbit so why can't we do it from orbit We've had some subs come through. Tebow86 with a brand new Prime sub and Teter, uh, Teeter Bear with two months of subs. Welcome back. Thanks for using your Prime subs here, guys. Crazy idea for PvP from Mac2099. Add burns and modifiers to Mayhem playlist. Thoughts? Um, ah, that's a little too rock, paper, scissors for me. I think Mayhem works as it is if you want a chaotic game mode. That would be that'd be very wild. Uh, T. Michael Jr. I bought the season pass for the Forge not knowing you need to be at least 600 level to do it. I'm 554. Did I waste my money? If you're enjoying yourself, no, because you could probably hit, you know, 6 to 616 fairly quickly. Just do everything. Just do the milestones. Just, you know, play the game and get the prime ingram drops and go. I mean, I think that I think you could probably enjoy yourself quite a bit. If you're not enjoying yourself, like if you're like, here's the mistake I think people make, right? People look at the new content and they're like, well, I want to play that. All the, all the content that I have to play to get there is worthless. Why? If, unless you're burned out on it, right? If you're a new player, why is that content worthless? You know? Why? You've barely experienced it. Play through Forsaken. Play through the stuff. Go do the things, you know? And, and leveling is more streamlined now. 
What is one of the uh, what is one thing D two does better than D one, if any, from the uh, Hammer of God? D two does a significantly better job, I think, of giving quantity. They've delivered on the quantity. You can run Lost Sectors, Adventures, Strikes, Forges, Nightfalls, uh, the, the, the Raid, uh, a Raid Layer, a Raid. Like, there's so much more, I think, quantitatively in this game than others. I think it does a very good job with quantity. Um, personally, personally, I think it does a great job with quantity. Um, Torin, have you heard anything about needing a rare bounty for the exotic draw quest? That has not been unearthed. But maybe if you get one and don't need it, save it just in case. <laughs> save it uh, just in case. Holy hand grenade. Do you think old legendary armor ornaments would come back like the season of the three iron banner ones? They could. They could and put them in the NPC and have you rank up for them. I mean, they could put them somewhere else, maybe with Shaxx or, you know, maybe with Saladin when he's here. Um, they could definitely come back. Last question from It's High Noon. Does it feel like you... To do Bungie's way of extending your playtime is to have RNG for Izanagi's Burden like the Rare Bounty. Oh, is it just for extending playtime? Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, I don't think it's a good way of extending playtime. I'm okay if I can check all the boxes and then you're like, okay, you're done, come back next week. I think that's okay because then I can focus on other things. But when you're like, yeah, you need to do this and then the Shattered Throne, and I'm like, well, I can't do the Shattered Throne because you won't give me a rare bounty, that feels futile and that feels like arbitrary. So I don't I don't think that's the right way to do it. When you tell me wait and come back and, and I'm going to have to talk to, you know, Amanda Holiday next week or, you know, Banshee next week, that's different than saying you need to get this rare thing and then you need to do the Shattered Throne and I know Shattered Throne is going away, right? Um... Oh, this is a good question. This is a good question. Sergeant Sarcasm says, setting aside technical difficulties, would the ability to replay D1 raids from Ikora revive her usefulness? Dude, a home run of an idea. I've said put them in the infinite forest because then you could have, you know, a reason that the the they're a little bit different and the weapons are a little bit different. Like we could be playing like a dark future or a, or a dark past of Vogue or whatever. They could be alternate react, like, you know, simulations. Like what if it was the dark future version of, you know, the taken King or something, but yeah, that could be awesome. That could be great to put him in Ikora as a memory. I love this idea. Do it, uh, do it. Now I know bringing stuff forward is tough from D one, but if it's just instancing, if it's just instancing into the raid, that could be pretty cool. Meditations, you know, a reason to re- you know visit the past. I think story-wise, it would make more sense for it to be a simulation where we're trying to learn and study and get new technology or new new versions of Fatebringer and other classic weapons. So like the nostalgia would be there, but it wouldn't fe- it wouldn't feel like we're just going back and replaying Vog, because you'd want the new, you'd want the weapons to get the new treatment, right? Random rolls, mod slots, you know, some of the new perks that are available, and then there'd be a curated Fatebringer that obviously would smack at the original. You, you would, you would definitely have it be feeling like the original with how it rolled. Um, but yeah, that could be that could be pretty pretty good. Um, that I'm telling you, that's been my prediction for a while. I think the next annual pass is going to be some sort of revisitation of the old raids because 
that would be more substantive than what we've gotten this time, but it would take them maybe, again, Patrick from Destiny Community Podcast, Holtzman worked at Bungie, and he said, we have it on his authority that that's actually really difficult to do, but I, I, I think you could you could definitely afford to say, you know, that would be that would be a pretty pretty easy injection of content, right? If it wasn't uh, if it wasn't that bad. So, which expansions do you think is the worst one? Personally, I think Curse of Osiris. Yeah, Curse of Osiris is bad. Curse is worse than Dark Below, honestly. At least in Dark Below, we got uh, we got Crota. So I'm gonna keep streaming. Keep putting your comments in the back and forth in chat. I'm loving the discussion. If you're new and never been here before, be sure to click follow. Click the heart button. That's an easy way to support what I do. If you're listening to this later on the other avenues, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, uh, you're watching on YouTube. Come in and watch me live right now. I'm probably live. Twitch.tv/slash Say No to Rage. And as with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please, please like, share, and subscribe.